Welcome to AI Arthritis Voices 360, the podcast solving today's most pressing issues in the AI arthritis community. We invite you all to the table where together we face the daily challenges of autoimmune and autoinflammatory arthritis. Every Sunday, join Tiffany and her fellow patient co-hosts as they lead discussions in the patient community as well as consult with stakeholders worldwide to solve the problems that matter most. Whether you are a loved one, a professional working in the field, or a person diagnosed with an AI arthritis disease, this podcast is for you. So pull up a chair and take a seat at the table. Welcome to AI Arthritis Voices 360. This is Tiffany, and this is a special episode today. We are at the American College of Rheumatology, or ACR, annual scientific meeting as part of the touring element of our show. And what that means is we will go around to various cities around the world. Uh, Sometimes it's going to be based on when we attend conferences and we bring our team along with us. Um, Other times, hopefully, we'll be able to have educational seminars or conversational get-togethers with people living with these diseases so that we can listen to your stories and your concerns, and together we can solve some problems that can change the stories of tomorrow. So uh, the tours, they will be fun. They will be exciting. They will be eventful, educational, and this is no different. So we are, as I said, at the ACR, and I will be tuning in here with a fellow leader at IFAA, who is also a person living with these diseases, Miss Miss Deb Constein. And so tune in and join a seat at the table. So we are here, myself, uh, Tiffany, and Deb, and uh, we are both people living with rheumatic diseases. And uh, we are actually, this is a segment from our tour for AI Arthritis Voices 360. We are at the American College of Rheumatology uh, annual scientific meeting. And we have the absolute pleasure of being here with somebody that we've been working with, Orly. So Orly, would you like to to just introduce yourself and, and just a little bit of your background for everyone? Yes, absolutely. So I'm a current rheumatologist and uh, I'm also a researcher. My main focus is uh, rheumatoid arthritis and especially how can we improve standard of care in rheumatoid arthritis by providing um, tailored treatments to patients. So we make sure that we are going to give the right drug to the right person at the right moment. Um, how to do that? Actually, um, we've been working a lot on synovial tissue over the past years, and I'm currently the co-chair of the European League Against Rheumatism um, Synovitis Study Group. What are we doing in this study group? We actually are focusing on the tissue as um, the key organ targeted Um, in rheumatoid arthritis and um, we are analyzing cell infiltrate in the tissue and making sure that um, we can better identify which uh, patient would benefit from which treatment. 
Okay. So I'm going to ask a couple of questions for clarity for, um, we have all kinds of, of listeners at our podcast. We have rheumatologists, we have, um, researchers, we have caregivers, we have people living with these diseases. Um, so we're going to, we're going to break down a little bit about, um, what orally was leading into because it actually involves Deb and I as well. We've in the work that we're doing with her. So orally, could you just, uh, briefly explain when you talk about the synovial tissue and how that's related to rheumatoid arthritis, what that just, what that is for a little bit more information. Yes, absolutely. So the synovial tissue is the actual um, tissue or membrane that is within the cavity of the joint. Okay. Um, this tissue is composed from a lot of different cells Mm-hmm. Cells um, that are actually um, completely dysregulated in many joint diseases and especially in rheumatoid arthritis. So what seems to happen in rheumatoid arthritis is that those resident cells don't work um, on a um, uh, proper manner and because of inflammation they get activated and they start proliferating and recruiting some immune cells. And um, there is kind of inflammation which starts but never ends. Mm, okay. That's a good point. A okay. really good point. So um, so we wanted to give that little, a li- little bit of a background of what the type of work that we've been doing. Um, pa- uh, patient research partner is a term that is used to describe people living with or knowledgeable about uh, different rheumatic diseases. Mm-hmm. And they are brought on with the team, the research team, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. partners, as equals. And I have had the opportunity to uh, to participate as a patient research partner myself on in several capacities. But more recently, the last uh, couple years with uh, OMERACT, um, Outcome measures and rheumatology. I kind of had a blank there. I didn't have it in front of me. I don't want to mess that one up. (laughs) Um, So um, I am on, uh, I am in one of the working groups and I, and I had the pleasure of meeting Orly at the last, uh, at the last meeting in Australia. And I was a person who was able to sit in and listen to the great work that they're doing on with these studies on how the, the tissue can, it was it predict predict rheumatoid arthritis. So if you could just briefly, Orly, tell us a little bit about the novel, the excitement, the thing that this is going to make make a difference in science. How is, how is this work that you're doing at Omeract and in this group in particular? And benefiting the patient. And be, yeah, yeah. benefiting the yes. patient because yeah. we're going to get into, we, Deb and I are going to talk a little bit about how you can have your voice heard in this conversation as well and what Deb and I are, are going to do to help facilitate that. So if you could tell us a little bit. Well, um, actually, it appears that within the synovial tissue, there can be some different patterns in terms of cell infiltrates. This means that some patients will have a specific pattern of inflammation in their tissue. And this is associated with more aggressive phenotypes. Oh, okay. So 
the tissue can, in a way, the tissue analysis predict how the disease will evolve in the, in the years. But also, we've been able to show that depending on the pattern of cell infiltration within that tissue, some patients will respond better than others to different um, disease-modifying anti-rheumatic drugs. Okay. So that it, the reason that uh, IFAA is interested in this pr project specifically is because we focus strongly on precision medicine and the typical, we say the typical atypical or who's <laughs> typical, who's not typical, because we're all unique, right? And, and it takes a lot of money, a lot of time, uh, and a lot of trial and error, frankly, to, to match patients with the right treatments. And I know that many of you listening out there who, who live with these diseases or know people who do, it, it, many of you have experienced that delay in the proper treatment. Mm -hmm. And it, we're really champions for the cause mm -hmm. of anything that would expedite, anything that would create more defined treatment and overall better outcomes. Right. And appropriate treatment, you know, That's for that exact one. person. Yeah. That's a big exactly. one. And so at IFAA, uh, many of you may know, many of you may not know, our mission is a little unique in that we utilize our voices as people living with these diseases to speak with patients all over the world. And doing that, we identify gaps. We identify what are the things that are most important that may not be addressed elsewhere. And, um, and, and that, that's kind of how we're, we're utilizing our voices too in this project. And then what we do is we start the conversation and bring stakeholders to the table to give us more information. And then we have you submit your ideas, your voices, so that we're all really at the table and having a discussion so we can solve the problems with you, not for you. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. that that's really a big that's really a big part. It, it just is our entire mission. And then what ends up happening is your voice is rolled into our solutions and put back into the community. So you actually are impacting your own community. Um, so the issue that Deb, do you want to talk a little bit because you're the one who has gone through these procedures? Would right. you like to talk a little bit about the issue? What the, what the procedure is from our point of view, from the mm -hmm. patient point of view, yep. and what the, what the problems or the issues that we've identified that we need to talk about when we're helping this group at OMERAC. Sure. So the particular project that we're talking about are joint biopsies. And it, I had that probably, I'm guessing, about 10 years ago. And... I had a, I had had surgery and after the surgery, they ended up having a joint infection. So they wanted to go back and test the joint tissues again with, for inflammation. And that is putting under, I believe it was ultrasound if I'm remembering correctly. I'd have to go back and look exactly in my records, but it was a ultrasound that guided the needle into my knee and into the actual joint to actually take tissue samples. So what we are talking about, again, at that point, I've, I'm a dietitian by trade, so I know a lot of the medical background and understand what the procedure was for. But again, 
for a patient, there's always fear associated with having a needle put into your mm-hmm. joint mm-hmm. and the pain associated with that and the unpredictability of it as well. And, you know, when you're going through procedures like that, they do lay out all of the things that could potentially happen. So again, there's full disclosure. So some of that can be kind of scary Mm -hmm. to hear about or think about. I had no negative things happen afterward. You know, obviously there was pain and there was a little bit of time to get my joint back I mean, and make it feel back to where it was before. But I had no infection related to the procedure or anything like that. So, you know, I think it's just more or less those type of pieces and, you know, the education piece. And that's kind of what this project is about as far as how to educate the patient about having these procedures and giving full disclosure as well, but also helping alleviate some of the fears that are associated with the procedure. And, and when you say fears, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, Lee, we were, we were kind of, that goes back to kind of the setup or the procedure mm-hmm. of what happens, right? When somebody enters the study that can help all of these novel things happen <laughs> in our community, mm-hmm. the patient would be asked to go under some sort of minor procedure. Could you just tell us a little bit about what that is? Yes, absolutely. So um, I've been talking a lot about synovial tissue, um, but uh, I haven't mentioned that um, to analyze the tissue, we first need to um, get it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a natural thing. That is an official rheumatology term, ladies and gentlemen. You need to get it. (laughs) Obtain. This actually means that um, we need to biopsy the inside of the joint to um, get the tissue. And there is actually a few different ways of doing it. And um, we can do arthroscopic biopsy. This means that we will uh, put a camera, a very small camera, inside of the joint um, and retrieve some pieces of tissue under direct uh, vision. Another way of uh, doing this, and I think that is uh, was uh, Deb was actually mm-hmm. referring to, mm-hmm. um, is um, inserting a needle within the joint under ultrasonographic guidance so we can make sure we are in um, the right place. Um, and then um, using a needle to retrieve a small piece of tissue. So this is actually both of the different procedures okay, yeah. that we can do. Do you know the one point that um, I, I think that interested me the most yesterday in our conversation when the three of us sat down was just the fact that you talk about the inflammation and the tissue. What did you call I, You called it it's scattered or the inflammation can be patchy. Uh, patchy. That was what it was. And, you know, under different methods, you I mean, methods with, of the procedure, the procedure. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Like the differences in the procedure, uh, the, the differences in the types of procedures that can be done was one. You can actually visually see the exact tissue and you can go and aim for the correct patchiness of the inflammation. So I found that really, really interesting yesterday versus the other one where you have to take multiple pieces 
And there was more precision correct. involved. Correct. correct. In this, and, and I just found that so yeah. interesting. Yeah, actually, it's, it's, it really depends. Um, and this is something that is uh, quite unpredictable. Um, some patients mm -hmm. uh, will have a disease where the inflammation is um, uh, diffuse. Uh, among the tissue, but in some other situation, uh, it might be a bit more patchy. So mm -hmm. by by doing the uh, um, biopsy under direct vision guidance, you make sure that you retrieve a specific piece of tissue from the inflamed part. Yeah. Um, however, um, you still need to analyze different parts of the joints. Yes. Mm -hmm. So yes. you make sure that it's representative of the whole yes, um, good joint point. Good, uh, great, disease. Yeah, great point. Yep, yeah. yep. I just found that really interesting yesterday. Mm -hmm. You know, the differences in the procedures. And again, it's by area too of like yeah. the type of the type of procedure done because we were talking about different countries yes. that do different procedures typically too. So that was interesting as well to me as a patient. Right. And, and I think that that leads us back to uh, we've had this discussion. Now you've got a little background on what we've been talking about mm -hmm. and what we've been working on in this group. And the things that Deb and I, uh, through IFAA, would like to, to bring you to the table about those living with these diseases, um, really focus, about, focus on a few questions. Uh, if, if you were invited to participate in, in a study such as this, what would the question what questions would you want to know would would you have fears would you be just completely excited because you're changing the science i mean that's always changing exciting. the world changing the world yeah. there you go with your knee yes but, <laughs> yes with the procedure with your tissue i mean how how cool is that um but but seriously what would your concerns be what would make you feel uh better or more comfortable about doing it uh we're going to create some out of this, we'll create some sort of educational materials mm -hmm. to give back to the community on uh, these kinds of procedures, mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, Deb, what would what specifically can you think of? We're going to be doing some focus groups and right. some questionnaires on this topic. What are some of the things that you particularly, as somebody going through this procedure, would do you think we should be asking? Well, is there a, is there a recovery time mm -hmm. afterwards? Yeah. How much pain is involved? I mean, I know everybody's pain level is different. So, you know, getting a scope of that, the, you know, chances of infection over the, like, out of 100 procedures, what, what have been, I mean, is it 0 0.01? I mean, <laughs> right, or right. is it like, not, not leading with the scary yes. commercials right, for those right, who right, have right. commercials in their countries oh, and yeah. all of the Crazy all of the <laughs> side effects that can happen right on and then you yeah. say well yeah do i really want to do that do now, i really want to have like that, that it's like the chances of infection will this negative negatively affect my joint long term you know, those are the questions. I, I mean, I know the answers to them, but, mm -hmm. you know. So that's really setting yeah. people, uh, the kind of information that people, one of the things so. we'll ask is mm -hmm. what, what would you like to see if you were going to enter the study, right? Correct. Or Correct. if you were any type of study that it's not just this study, just in general, this type of procedure, what would you yeah, want to know? Yeah, or just if you have to have this done for a clinical purpose. And then the other, the, other, the other thing that we really want to explore is, is, what would be the barriers and benefits to you? What, mm -hmm. it, what are you, why would you do it? Why wouldn't you do it? 
any fears because we as people living with these diseases want to be able to have that open communication so we can understand and then we can in turn help researchers like Oralee and others who are doing these amazing things to help uh, with precision medicine and our own personal outcomes. And we can't do it without your voices. Right. And I also think is, you know, from Oralee's perspective, explaining to the patient what the benefits are and how their tissue sample can change. Absolutely. You know, the the research world. Yeah, I think so. Did I miss anything? Is there there anything that... (laughs) I don't think so. Yeah, I think... um, I think that something that we discussed yesterday as well, and that is really important, going back to what you were saying, mm-hmm. uh, Deb, is that mm-hmm. um, it's really important that the patient can get explanation on why. Yes. And yes. because we're doing the biopsy for many different reasons. And um, obviously, if we're doing this for a clinical uh, purpose. I mean, if we are tracking down an infection, yeah. this procedure, uh, so as you had it, yes. um, I mean, it's something that uh, is, um, I would say, unavoidable. Like, it's yes. something that has to be done. Right. right. And That's I that was point. exactly what my case I, was, is exactly. it had to be done to track down the specific type of infection yeah. to, for the right medication, like you were saying, even in your introduction of you know, explaining this. Right. Yeah. But in the, your case, or yeah. in the case of research... Exactly. On the other end, it doesn't have to be done. It's something that um, can be done in order to um, go further in our research and improve standard of care. But it's obviously up to the patient to accept or not um, the procedure. Right. So we have to uh, say why it's important and why we want to do it. But obviously, we also have to say that it won't affect um, the way the patient is going to be treated at that particular moment. Right. It's um, it's like an investment in the future. Yes, that's you know, a great way of explaining it. I like yeah. that. Love that. I do too. I really like I'm, that. I'm, I'm visualizing all of these posters and all of these great, <laughs> like, we, we always say you can change your world. We, you can change the world from your sofa. At yeah. IPA. It's like, it's like, it goes right along that lines. You know, you can change the world with your, your tissue or, yes. your, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. but it's true. It's true. Right. And, it you, and then you can, and then you can go back and you can sit on your sofa and rest yes. and continue to change the world with IFAA. Yes. Yeah, that works. It's all, it all, it all magically just, just comes together. So uh, that was, uh, thank you for bringing that up. That was a very important piece of this. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think that that, that kind of concludes. So, um, Make sure that you check our uh, website at aiarthritis.org backslash podcast. And we will have links that you can learn more about this work that we're doing at IFA and specifically how Deb and I are involved. Um, maybe we'll have some behind the scenes photos. I don't know. Just, you know, a little yeah. something, something for you. We'll definitely yeah. have some, some behind the scenes photos that, um, our, our dear Laura, who's also here at the ACR with us. I saw her <laughs> madly taking photos of us while we were doing this. So we'll be sure to share those with you as well. But thank you so much, uh, Orly for joining us. We, we appreciate 
what you do. We appreciate um, what your working group is doing and what you're doing just in general and for having Deb and I part of it. We just really thank you. Yeah, yeah. thank you very much um, for your for your, your support. And um, it's a real pleasure to be working with you. And I think we had a great conversation. Yeah, well, yeah. of course we did. Yes. Yeah, we did. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I guess, Deb, you and I are going back to the into the ACR. And Indeed. we'll be reporting back on some other things. So um, thank you so much, everybody. Thank you. Uh, have a great day. And there you go. That is a great example of why we do this show. And it is because it is our mission, literally, to be persons living with these diseases and be able to meet with other stakeholders around the world in order to solve problems that benefit our community. And in this case, it is a project that... Uh, myself and Deb are working on uh, at OMERACT as people living with these diseases as equals on a research team. And this team has asked for our help and your help as an extension <laughs> to talk about this, this very important issue. Researchers need our help. They're developing these novel, innovative, wonderful ways to be able to develop treatments that will benefit our community in the future. And they can't do it unless they hear from us. What are our concerns on entering trials such as this? Uh, what are the, what do we think are the benefits? What are the barriers? Because only then can they develop the right protocols in order to recruit for trials like this. So we need your help. One of the things I want to point out is that if you're going to do trials like this for clinical purpose, like Deb, had. It is uh, unavoidable, but in cases like this, it's voluntary. And that's really what we need to, to know here. If you had to go under one of these treatments, that's one thing. If you didn't, would you do it in order to advance science? So that's really the burning question here. And how can we help researchers recruit for trials like this? Even if you aren't somebody who would be interested, uh, please still have a voice and tell us why. To do this, just simply visit AIArthritis.org backslash podcast and look for the link to this show, the Changing the World with Your Knee. <laughs> and if you click on that, it'll take you to the whole episode page. And from there, you'll be able to learn more how you can help us out. So thank you so very much. We need your voice at the table. And also, while you're at the podcast page, please check out the other links to submit show topics and to give a donation to keep the show alive and help us tour more. Thank you so much. AI Arthritis Voices 360 is produced by the International Foundation for Autoimmune and Autoinflammatory Arthritis. Find us on the web at www.aiarthritis.org. Join us again on Wednesday for our special breakout episode where we bring your comments, questions, and ideas to the table. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and stay up to date on all the latest AI arthritis news and events. 